Mini-episode 1140 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at Sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late-night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris. We've got a fun one for you today. We are breaking down the 2019 AFC West, taking a look ahead here. And, uh, again, this is part of our preview series for the 2019 NFL, which we have been doing with good friend and fellow FDH Lounge dignitary Raymond Smalley, the original Platinum Smalls himself, the proprietor of the fine sports and pop culture blog Always Googling at Lee Hammaker. You can check that out at alwaysgooglingatleehammaker.blogspot.com. Uh, but in the meantime, he is here. Uh, in the lounge, we made the hot tag because, again, uh, good friend and fellow original FDH lounge dignitary, uh, Chris Galloway, unable to join us for the previews as he was for the last two years. We send our best wishes to Chris uh, in the interim. Uh, but uh, good to have you back in, uh, Raymond. And uh, now we get to break down all things AFC West. Absolutely. And I would be remiss to, uh, I would be remiss if I did not remind you, I'm like Che Guevara with bling on. <laughs> well, if, if so for those of you listening to our AFC previews, that is three out of four where I have worked at a Jay Z reference. Yes, uh, and if, if if that means that you also murder uh, uh, bourgeoisie and homosexuals the same way that uh, Che Guevara did, then uh, we we best not cover that, perhaps, uh, lest the authorities be listening. But. Uh, when we look at this division here, uh, I am going to flip-flop what was in version one of the Fantasy Football Draftology 2019 guide available on the main page at fantasydrafthelp.com. My, my version one predictions here, I had the Chargers eking past to win the division, the Chiefs taking the wild card, but uh, it has not really been the summer of the Chargers. We'll get into that uh, subsequently here, or as my brother likes to say, subsequently. But uh, first of all, we'll take a look at the Chiefs, who, again, I was kind of down on based on, again, what was a bad defense last year, losing a few more parts. Yeah, gaining a few, too. Frank Clark in there. Uh, The Honey Badger, who you mentioned in a previous segment, uh, who uh, the highlight of his NFL career thus far has been uh, an excellent uh, uh, guest performance in uh, the the, uh, Season uh, 7, Episode 1 of the league. He was pretty funny in that. Uh, but now he's got to go play football for his Chiefs uh, secondary. Offensively, we know what they can do, but Tyreek Hill is one TMZ video away from being out of the league for good, and it's 50-50 that that might be coming this year with what a knucklehead he is. Uh, How is he not out of the league already? Uh, well, not as of when we're taping this, although I'm probably dating myself, because probably but from now to the time this gets post, Tyreek Hill may be out of the league in which case it will expose that this was in the can for a brief period of time. But uh, I've always been a Steve Spagnuolo guy, so I have to think he might be able to do more with the parts than they did uh, defensively last year. 
We'll see. Uh, more or less by default, I am restoring Kansas City to first in the division this year. I would, I would completely agree with that. Uh, the combination of Frank Clark and Tyreek Hill on the same team, thank God Kareem Hunt is not there. Rick, have we confirmed if female fans are allowed to attend games this year in Kansas City? Uh, well, they, they shouldn't be within swinging reach of either of those two guys. No, no. Uh now this is this this is this this is going. I mean, this is this, we we are going to get into a situation where Kansas City becomes like Saudi Arabia. Women can only come to games if they're in the company of a close male relative. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love you, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and they they seem to be adopting. Uh, what is what? It, what appears to be the uh, the radio model of a uh, Cleveland radio legend? That motto that he seems to have is "It's good to beat your wife." Now, this is in, in, in all in, in, in complete seriousness. As my late father said to me once, the right thing never has very rarely, if never, has consequences. Doing the wrong thing always has consequences. Yep, and. You know, we're going to talk about the football in a minute. And, yes, he is an outstanding wide receiver. They're an outstanding team. They are an AFC championship contender, if not a Super Bowl contender. However, when they announced, oh, we're we're looking into this, that is, I read that as we are going to do everything we possibly can to keep him on this roster because we want to win. And ultimately... Whether it's him, whether it's Frank Clark, who I know a little bit about because my then-girlfriend was at Michigan um, when he was thrown off the team for beating the crap out of his girlfriend. You know, I will still watch the NFL. You will still watch the NFL. Friends of ours will still watch the NFL. You know, at the end of the day, though, you cannot defend their actions and you cannot feel very good as a sports fan watching knowing that there are organizations who see what they've done and think I'd build my team around those guys yep yeah I mean it brings me back to uh being a fan of the Browns back at the time Botch Davis was the coach and uh, bring some of the bad citizens that he brought onto the team those are the kind of things plus they were a bad team most of the time he was here anyways it's not fun to root for a team uh, when when they have uh, bad characters like that, it really kind of taints it. But uh, again, the uh, the Chiefs they should be right around where they were last year. It would take uh, probably being even luckier uh, for them to get back to the AFC Championship game for them to get as far as that. And spoiler alert, I don't see that happening. A team that I would have seen being ahead of them in the division here is the L.A. Chargers, but uh, they have had a bad summer, ladies and germs, between uh, Melvin Gordon uh, deciding that uh, he is uh, elite, which uh, I, I, I'd use the same air quotes with him that I do for Joe Flacco, but uh, between that and deciding that he, he needs to be paid a lot more, uh, the loss of Derwin James for a period of time here. Again, in the segment I talked about uh, with, with the AFC South, the concept of force multipliers. Derwin James is a force multiplier on that Chargers defense, a great player who makes others great around him. He's going to be down a good part of the year. 
Uh, and this is a year where they were really, really gearing up. The window for Philip Rivers is getting shorter and shorter here. Uh, he can't afford to have any wasted seasons here. I still see them as a playoff team because they are very talented on both sides of the ball. But uh, this is shaping up to be yet another wasted opportunity for the Chargers in terms of not going to the Super Bowl. I would agree, I would agree with you. Uh, I'll talk about the two rosters kind of side by side because I didn't. I got into obviously the the, the non football in terms of the football of Kansas City. You know what can you say that, about Patrick Mahomes that hasn't already been said by Shannon Sharp twice? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I love him. Nicole Hardman can be a special, special player. Um, Travis Kelsey is absolutely the best tight end in this league. Running back, running back is a huge question. Offensive line, I really like. Defense, you know, defense is a legitimate question to me as well because I mean, you basically, you know, you, I love the addition of Tyron Matthew. Um, Eric Berry was a leader. Not there anymore. Obviously, you know, swapping out Justin Houston for um, swapping out Justin Houston for uh, Frank Clark. You know, I look at that. I look at that defense, and I think to myself, you know, again, we talk about the Colts greater than the whole of the sum. The whole being greater than the sum of its parts. I look at the Kansas City defense, and I'm thinking, okay, there are definitely some parts there. Frank Clark. Chris Jones, Alex Okafor, Reggie Ragland, Tyron Matthew, Justin Thornhill. Definitely some parts there. But, you know, I don't know that they can necessarily mesh. You put their roster up against the Chargers. They are every bit as good offensively in Los Angeles as they are in Kansas City. Um, Yes, I would take Mahomes over Rivers. But Keenan Allen, Travis Benjamin, Mike Williams, them in combination – you know, Tyreek Hill's a burner. Nicole Hardman, like I said, I really like. But I would take Allen, Benjamin, and Williams over Watkins, Hardman, and Hill. Yeah. Obviously, you know, obviously I'd take Travis Kelsey. For the people that argue, oh, my God, the loss of Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Um, I remember a, a bright January day in Rick's new favorite city of Foxborough <laughs> where they didn't have Melvin Gordon. And what happened? Had they had Melvin Gordon, I can say with every confidence, I'm certain that the Patriots still take them apart. So, is it a loss? Yes. Uh, is it you lost everyone? You know, if you if you said to me, who can ill afford to lose a back more, uh, the Dallas Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott, or the Los Angeles Chargers with Melvin Gordon, that's an easy answer. It's Dallas Cowboys. Um, I still think. Even without Melvin Gordon, the Chargers, they're better defensively. When you talk about Brandon Meebane, obviously Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, Thomas Davis comes over from Carolina in the middle. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you. Derwin James is not a loss. Derwin James is a chasm in the middle of that defense. But I still like Rashawn Jenkins and Casey Hayward on the back end. Uh, defensively, they are better than Kansas City. Offensively, I think they're just as good as Kansas City. Um, you know, and I would take Austin Eckler as a two-back over Damian Williams as Kansas City's projected starter. So, do I like Kansas City in the division? Slightly. But, I would not be shocked if Los Angeles 
throws up an 11-5 and five and takes that division. Yeah, very possibly, and that's how I saw it shaking out initially. And if it goes that way, because, uh, again, they're going to have uh, Derwin James back for, it looks like, at least the better part of the second half of the season. Gordon's not going to sit out the whole way, I don't think, because he's got no leverage here. So no. my, my guess is he compromises at some point, probably in a face-saving manner for him. He comes back. Uh, look, maybe he'll be a little refreshed. Maybe, again, a little less tread on the tires of the season could make them a little more dangerous in January. It wouldn't be the first time something like this has happened, but they got to get there first. And my early sense is that they're going to get there as a wild card as opposed to the division winner that I originally had them as. Uh, one of the things... You know, go ahead. I was going to say, if you, if you haven't seen the schedule, uh, Sunday, Sunday, December 29th, Kansas City and Los Angeles. How fun could that potentially Ooh, be? Yeah, yeah. And that uh, that looks to be the prime time game, I would guess, certainly. I'll say that without even knowing the rest of the schedule because that is already becoming one of the most fun rivalries in this league. And, uh, again, two, two teams that are fairly dissimilar in a lot of ways, not least of which uh, the ages of their quarterbacks, but uh, the consensus top two teams in this division. There is a consensus bottom team in this division, which leaves us with the other team that's there, the Denver Broncos. I got them for 8-8. Eight and eight. I think it's going to be a lot like most of the recent Denver seasons where they're just going to kind of be there. I don't think they're a, Again, defensively, they should be a very good team. Uh, Vic Fangio is an awesome, awesome defensive mind. Uh, I think I don't know how he's going to do as a head coach. Uh, because when you're a defensive-minded head coach, especially in today's league, you've got to have somebody on the offensive side of the ball who can pick up the slack with the quarterback. And, uh, again, uh, they're not going to be going in right away with uh, a young quarterback. They're going to be trying to ride out uh, the aforementioned Joe Flacco here. So, uh, again, having Flacco sort of you know helps put me in mind, again, of an 8-8 eight and eight record. That's what I got them slotted for. Uh, like I said, I, I think defensively, they, they, they sort of have a, a high floor as far as how bad this team can be overall because uh, you still have Von Miller and, and a bunch of other good parts there. Offensively, uh, I, I think you have some respectable skill position talent, at least in places. Uh, I'm a big fan of the breakthrough that Lindsey had last year. I think he can do a lot for them there. So it's just, you know, squinting, looking at them, I just see 8-8. Eight and eight. I, I, completely agree. I completely agree with that assessment. You talk about good skill position players, but young skill position players. Philip Lindsay, I Philip Lindsay is on the rise, but you know, is he a top half back in this league? I don't think so. Cortland Sutton, I, Sutton, I, Sutton, I really like. I love Jake Butt coming out of uh, University of Michigan. Offensive line to me, offensive line to me is a question mark. Defensively, yeah, a lot of good pieces. Still, Von Miller. Josie Jewell, Bradley Chubb, who, despite the fact that uh, Denzel Ward has worked out, yeah, Bradley Chubb at number four there would have looked really good in brown and orange. Don't you agree, Rick? Yes, he would have. Yes, he would have. And by the way, and I'm glad you mentioned Cortland Sutton because, again, that's somebody that uh, if you remember back to draft time in 2018 that I was relatively high on. And I think he's got a pretty good ceiling there in Denver, but he doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to be there yet. It just sort of, again, emblematic of them being an 8-8 eight and eight team. Uh, he's, yeah. he's not as good now yeah, as he's going to be two said, years from like now. Like I said, 
no offense, Jake Butt, Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsay, good talent, Joe Flacco. Yes, he won a Super Bowl. Baltimore is that rare franchise who has won multiple Super Bowls with two quarterbacks that I wouldn't give you the price of a chicken bacon ranch Subway for. <laughs> well, that's an eight bucks, by the way, for those of you who do not eat at Subway. Yeah. Um, you know, defensively, that's a top half unit in this league. But, you know, yeah, eight and eight. We talk about, we talk about Tennessee as beige. I look at Denver yeah. and, you know, and I don't have one of those little cards, you know, with all the different, you know, hues that Sherwood Williams hands you. All right. <laughs> But I would say just down from Tennessee's color is Denver. You're right. They are they they are the middle of the rug and park. You know what? And uh, as somebody who has sleep issues, I don't know if those two teams are going to play this year. But if so, I got to get me a copy of that game tape because that should do it for me, man. Just pop that in every night, and I'll be good to go. Oh no, I, no, absolutely. Uh, and I can tell you that Sunday, October thirteenth. Bizarrely, as a 425 game on CBS, because I guess there was nothing better that day. Uh, <laughs> that must be uh, the worst AFC schedule in the history of the league. If that's the 425 game, the 420, the, the 425 game for October 13th, which would be uh, that would be week six, folks. The 425 Giants-Patriots Thursday night, that'll be fun, or it would have been fun right around the time of Super Bowl 46. Uh, okay, you have Cowboys. Okay, so so it is the B storyline, if you will. Titans-Broncos, uh, as, as the, you know, for, for those of us who cannot get Dallas and New York, and by those of us, I mean, I hope, merciful God, that is all of us yeah. that can get Cowboys just that day. Yeah, uh, if, if, if that is the national game, we can all look forward to seeing a tweet from Darren Ravel the next day. NFL outdrawn by the Test Pattern Channel in New York City uh, yesterday. So Yeah, Titans-Broncos, Titans, there are, seriously, there are, there, are, there are reruns of Teen Mom OG that I would watch <laughs> before Titans-Broncos. Yeah, things I'd rather watch than Titans Broncos. That could be a podcast unto itself. And that, uh, by the way, another name you mentioned there, and, and I'm glad you did. As far as talent, Jake Butt again, still really uh, trying to pull through from yet another knee injury here. But I'll tell you what, that's the thing here. Where again, you're seeing a lot of two tight end offenses in the league. Uh, Philly has done that a lot in recent years and kind of made some explosiveness out of it. That guy, if he can get back to what he was, him and Noah Fant would be really, really oh, excellent because Noah Fant is one of the next big things in the league at tight end in and of himself. If you can add a Jake Bud who is even a fraction of what he was at Michigan to that, that is going to add a little bit of a turbo charge anyways to that Bronco O. So, I mean, could you imagine? And, all, and look, obviously they need to, they, they need to elevate from, from, from Joe Flacco at quarterback. Uh, the elevation may not be Drew Locke, as it turns out, if you're looking at his thumb. Uh, <laughs> but if you could get it, 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 if you can get the quarterback situation right, you have Cortland Sutton as 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 a one, and could who could be a legitimate one in this league. 
Philip Lindsay running behind Fant and Butt on Ooh. either side. Yeah. My gracious, would that be fun to watch? It would. It would. And that uh, that that could really be an excellent offense. Again, a lot of it, if there were people speculating that uh, Jake Butt could actually be a roster casualty here, uh, but it looks like uh, his rehabilitation is coming along enough to where that won't be the case. And again, uh, I'm rooting for that scenario just because it would be interesting and fun to watch with all the things that they I could, could do there. The, the, as, as I look at their roster, I mean, with, with Fumagalli right now, Troy Fumagalli listed as a second-team guy with, with a couple of with, – with, with Devontae Booker running back listed as a third-team guy, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping for that as well. I'm hoping that, that, that Jake Butt can make that roster as well because, like I said, I think that would be a lot of fun to watch, but you're right. I could see him, I could see him squarely on the bubble. Yes, uh, but, but again, based on talent alone – uh, you'd think oh, that he is. Based on, no, based yeah. on talent. Yeah. I mean, based on talent, he's a first-round guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a, he'd be a no-brainer to stick on this uh, roster. A, a roster that uh, doesn't have a lot of no-brainer first-round guys, maybe more than uh, it did a year ago, uh, but a roster that's still a hot mess in so many ways, as Hard Knocks is illuminating, unsurprisingly. The Oakland Raiders... A year from now, they'll be the Las Vegas Raiders. And in the interim, uh, between uh, Antonio Brown uh, burning his feet in a freezer, of all things, and uh, all the other things going wrong, uh, he's crying about uh, the kind of helmet that he's going to use. Wah! I want my unsafe, unsafe helmet back. Wah! Uh, everything going on there. All of the goofy personnel decisions being made on a regular basis by Mr. Out of Touch himself, John Gruden. I will give it up to uh, Chris Galloway. Fellow FDH Lounge dignitary and uh, the gentleman originally scheduled for this segment before we went to the bullpen in excellent fashion with you, Smalls. But Chris was the first one on this show to call it. He said early on, when I was still hedging about John Gruden, he was not hedging. Uh, no, no pastels, it was just bright shades of color in his pronouncement that John Gruden was going to be a historic level flop. And thus far, Chris has been so far ahead of the curve on this. Again, a better talent roster than it was a year ago. Uh, Josh Jacobs is the, uh, the, the, the hot sleeper candidate for Offensive Rookie of the Year in a lot of quarters, and it may happen. But I still got him down for 5-11, and 11, and if I may paraphrase what I said about the Dolphins, I got to squint at that uh, schedule to see where the five wins come from. The autumn wind is a pirate, staggering in from sea with a mumbling song he walks along, swaggering listlessly. <laughs> very good, very good, and I'm sure we could get an approving tweet from the ghost of John Facenda. <laughs> you know, Derek Carr, is he, isn't he, you know, he, Derek Carr is the girl you date when there's, no one else available. He's like the girl you met on Match.com. You'll have to narrow that down. (laughs) Just joking, just joking. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Rick is on (laughs) eHarmony. Their car is... Kayfabe, Smalley, kayfabe. Wait, or you have plenty of fish. I can never keep track. 
all know the stuff I got is just out there for catfish and other people, but let's keep it moving. <laughs> Their car is he your starting quarterback? Uh, yeah. Yeah. If someone better came along, no. I mean, no. he's serviceable. No. He's he's. He, he, look, he's good enough to win a Super Bowl in this league. As I mentioned a minute ago, so was Joe Flacco. Yeah. Are the Raiders within driving distance of winning the Super Bowl? They could all attend the Super Bowl theoretically. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> if they had tickets. Know. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Doug Martin, I like, but I don't love. Tyrell Williams, I think I would line up Chris Galloway as as a number two wide receiver, and he would be better than Tyrell Williams. Uh, You know, Antonio Brown, when he's right, it's fun to watch. Rick, let me ask you a question. When's the last time he's been right? Uh, He hasn't been, period. And uh, by the way, this this is strictly a Northeastern Ohio reference. But uh, Doug Martin, at this stage of his career, the only thing he's good for is spawning the fantasy football team name Doug Martin Superstore. Very nice. Yes. Uh, offensive line, to me, is a, is, is a great question. And don't talk to me about Trent Brown, because people forget, Trent Brown wouldn't even have been a starter on that New England Patriots team last year, but for Isaiah Wynn wrecking his Achilles in camp. Yeah. You know, they way overpaid for him. Um, you know, so offensively, I look at them as a bottom eight unit in this league. Um, Colton Miller on the other side, to me, is a bottom eight offensive tackle in terms of starters in this league. The one, you know, the, 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 one, you know the, the one person you pay attention to there is Antonio Brown, but I also pay attention to Carfax along the side of the road. Yeah. Um, defensively, I love Maurice Hurst coming out of Michigan. Um, I felt like, you know, I felt like, you know, Bontez Burfitt, yeah. Cleveland Farrell, I thought they reached for huge. Um, to hear Whitehead, not the biggest fan. Brandon Marshall, best days are behind him. Um, you know, secondary is, is secondary is, is they're, they're that red light when your phone gets below 10% battery, all right? Yeah. They, I look at that team, you say 5-11, and 11, you're right. And again, it is relative. Because I look at the Miami Dolphins and I think, all right, you would, have, you would have to take a couple of steps up to be what I consider a flaming hot mess. Then I look at this Oakland roster and I think, Okay, if Miami is consensus the worst team in this league, what does that make Oakland? Yeah, but here's the thing, though. As a Fish fan, I'd rather be where the Dolphins are at because they at least have a plan and a sustainable future. Uh, the Raiders are just uh, they're just fumbling along. Gruden is unfireable. I mean, he's still owed, oh, what, uh, $80 million after this year? So, yeah, 80 yeah, 80 yeah. Ten, ten, year, ten years, $100 million. Listen, Rick, if I would have said to you, you can give John Gruden 10 years or one, and $100 million to coach, or you can give 10 years and $100 million to Frank Caliendo to listen to him do John Gruden for that decade. <laughs> you know, yeah. man, I... Uh... Yeah. Well, that was, 
That was the worst Las Vegas-oriented financial decision since I put it all on red that fateful night back at Caesar's Palace back in the day. So, you know, it, it's that's something. That, 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 that was that was the listen, that was the worst that was the worst Las Vegas decision since Steve Wynn stood outside the uh, stood outside the dunes and said, "Captain of the Britannia, ready, <laughs> aim, fire." <laughs> Yeah, well, what what I what I want, I mean, that's what's funny. All the only things that we want, as far as it goes for the Raiders, are just things to enhance the entertainment value of it. I want Jason Bateman reprising his great broadcaster character to do Raider games, just so he can say ten times a game. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's you're right. He is un, you know, he is unfireable. The Say what you will about say what you will about Al Davis. However, he won three Super Bowls. He was an innovator in this league. Yes, toward the end, and you and I could talk about a very famous story from the San Jose Mercury News. Yeah, <laughs> a story like that's got to be true. Do I, need to tell, do I, need, I was going to say, do I need to tell people that story? Tell the story. Yes. So this was the draft that featured both. Michael Crabtree and Darius Hayward Bay. Yeah. And who have coincidentally had similar careers, but we didn't know that at the time. No, we did not. And according to the story that I read that I subsequently told Morris about, the Oakland Raiders used to prepare as <laughs> the Oakland Raiders used to prepare as part of their draft uh, preparation. Um, I don't think you can say prepare and preparation in the same sense. I just did it anyway. Um, nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> exactly. They used to prepare a list of every single player in the draft 40 times. So it's the morning of the draft. And everybody, coaches, you know, token GM, everybody in the organization is in the room. You got the magnets all up on the wall there. Your tire draft board. And in wait, <laughs> wait, what, what's MC Hammer doing here? Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I may quote a nationwide commercial, he was in Life Comes At You Fast, Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> speaking and of, speaking of fast, fast is, the, uh, fast is the moral of the story. I think getting a, a proper bar, uh, barber is his first concern, but that's, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, does Tecumseh make an article that can shear off air? <laughs> <laughs> but I digest. Darius Hayward Bay. He looks at the token GM 
if he is there worth taking him and walks out of the room. And again, Michael Crabtree and Darius Hayward Bay went on to have very similar careers, but we didn't know that at the time. Yes. So that is, yes, that is the story of how obsessed, I guess we will say, that Al Davis was with speed and or, you know, it's like the, you know, it's like the, you know, you don't, it's like the story of the of, of the 2008 financial negotiations where they didn't want John McCain anywhere near it because he was going to scuttle the deal. I mean, can you imagine being the Raiders organization draft morning hoping that your owner doesn't walk into the room? <laughs> yeah, having somebody in, in maintenance who's assigned to get him stuck in the uh, elevator for a couple of hours. Imagine having a, a franchise like that. And I'll I, give you, I'll give you one other story really quick. Have you ever heard when Sean Payton was interviewing for that job? I don't think so. So, yeah, obviously, everybody listening and you, you're familiar with the fact that like NFL coaching interviews, they're not, they're not when you go in to apply an office max. Okay, these things take five, six, seven hours. Right. You know, and there's obviously, I mean. You know, being natural human being, you get hungry and, you know, you get thirsty over seven hours. Right. So, it is late at night. They are interviewing. Sean Payton is being interviewed by Al Davis. And, you know, Al says, are you hungry? Sean says, yeah. He calls an assistant. He's like, I want, go out and get me ten orders of McDonald's Chicken McNuggets, and I also want the coleslaw from there. Coleslaw? Now, I, I know what you're thinking. I know what everyone, is, everyone listening is thinking. McDonald's doesn't make coleslaw? <laughs> the assistant was smart enough to know that Al Davis meant Kentucky Fried Chicken. Okay. And so, Sean Payton is sitting there in the interview. Al Davis is eating coleslaw from Kentucky Fried Chicken, and they are sharing McDonald's Chicken McNuggets. That was Sean Payton's interview with the Raiders. <laughs> Amazing that he didn't end up there. <laughs> Shocking, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> Keep in mind, folks, he went to New Orleans post-Katrina. <laughs> yeah, I have to ask, are you paying royalties to the estate of... Uh, Good old Paul Harvey for, uh, now you know the rest of the story. No, but based on, no, but based on, uh, we are at the end of the AFC, Ricky, I will say to you, good day. (laughs) Well, I will say my AFC champion is the Indianapolis Colts, as we covered during our AFC South session that we did here, uh, and in the in the final installment here, this is the fourth one out of eight. When we get to the NFC West, that is traditionally when we go through and uh, give the picks for the season here. So I'll let you know how I see the whole AFC shaping out at that time. But I do have the Colts as the AFC champions for this year. Uh, would you like to make your pick, or would you like to hold it back for then, Smalls? Uh, I will make my pick now, and I will ask you. And Rick, are you very high? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I am uh, right at room temperature here. Give us uh, what you think. Well, we've worked a lot of references in here, and I'll work in one more professional wrestling reference. Uh, Rick, I will say that whether you like it or you don't like it, 
I don't. Learn to love it, because it's the best thing going today. <laughs> Bye. AFC champion for the fourth consecutive year is America's team, the New England Patriots. In the words of a phrase I once invented, happen ain't gonna. But uh, we'll talk about that more when we go through the AFC exact picture in our final installment here. I'll let you know how I see it shaping out, and uh, you, you can give us your indication of how it's going to shake out then. But uh, in the meantime, thank you, Raymond, for another excellent breakdown here, this one on the AFC West. And thank you, everybody, for checking out this mini-episode of the FDH Lounge. As we bring the show to a close, we would like to extend our deepest gratitude to NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, All Clear Channel Affiliates, TNT, TBS, USA, UPN, Deadspin.com, YouTube.com, YTMND.com, MySpace.com, various blogs, Fox News, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, IamBoard.com, Billboard.com, Google.com, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPN Classic, NBA TV, NFL Network, Sports Time Ohio, Athlon Magazine, Comedy Central, Cartoon Network, The Boomerang Channel, QVC, BET, The Spice Channel, Steno Notebooks, Manwich, Papermate Office Supplies, Waitresses, Strippers, Bartenders, Garbage Men, Janitors, Microwave Popcorn, The Writers of The Office, Scrubs, Entourage, My Name is Earl, Oz, Metalocalypse and the Boondocks, Aquafina, and The Periodic Table of Elements.